0: Good evening. It's good to see everybody tonight, and uh, welcome to those who are joining with us online. I do have some disappointing news for those of you who are online. Uh, normally, I go through my spiel about telling you to download the worship bulletin, the children's worship bulletins, uh, doing your uh, online giving. Uh, they're online. Well, our website is down, and it won't be up at least until tomorrow, maybe later. Uh, During the week Uh, we had some issues with it there. So the prayer list for tonight is is not on the website But if you will go back if you have access to Facebook on Facebook The previous post before this live stream has a copy there of the prayer list So be sure to download it from there if you need that in person and didn't get one in person They're on the front pews here at the front. So we want to make sure that you get that. So just be sure to download all those things uh, later this week, especially the the, uh, prayer list and all of those things. Uh, We do want to encourage you while you're there uh, on the platform you're on, whatever that might be. If you're on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, to be sure to heart, to like, to share, uh, retweet on Twitter. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, click the notification bell, and make sure it says all. That way you'll always get the live when it goes live. And then follow us on Facebook, and that's how you get the live on that. And then welcome also to those of you who are on our phone live streaming. And so we just wanted to uh, say thank you for being there. Uh, Don't have a lot of other things to share with you because of the website being down, but just wanted you to know uh, that too. So Brother Mike, if you'll come and lead us in our worship hymn.
1: if he's not going to do the commercial we're going to sing four verses oh and i like god is so good and bless the lord that was that was good you switched songs y'all turn to hymn 16 and let's sing on worship the king all four verses shield and defender the ancient of days, pavilion in splendor and girded with praise. Oh, tell of his might, O oh, son of his grace, whose robe is the light, whose canopy space, chariots of wrath the deep thunder clouds form, and dark is his path on the wings of the storm. Thy full care, what tongue can recite, it breathes in the air, it shines in the light, it streams from the hills, it descends to the plains, and sweetly steals in the dew and the rain. Frail children of dust and feeble as frail, in thee do we trust, nor How tender, how firm to the end, our Maker, Defender, Redeemer, and Friend.
0: And we also do not have uh, tonight our regular persons who run uh, the screens and our on lives on online streaming and all of that, but we are online and I can control that all from here, so uh, I think you should be able to follow along with the message. Uh, There's just a few things you won't be able to see uh, there as we uh, you'll just have me down in the bottom uh, corner there of your screen. Uh, Let me encourage you to, if you have your prayer list, especially if you're at home, uh, be sure, let me remind you again, go to Facebook if you have access to that. Uh, Go to the previous post before this live stream and you'll find the prayer list there that you can download. Uh, you can have a digital copy, you can print your copy, however you need to do that. So that's in the previous post uh, from this. So just wanna make you uh, aware of that. As we take a look at our prayer list, you'll notice we were able to clean up the prayer list just a little bit to remove a few, but there's some that we uh, wanna share some updates, some that we uh, need to maybe get some updates from you if you have uh, any of those. Uh, so. Uh, Let me just let you know and remind you that um, on the HBC family and friends there, uh, to remember um, (coughs) David Hess in your prayers. Uh, He is uh, still going through his uh, situations there with chemo, so keep him in your prayers. Uh, Just pray that everything continues to go well there. Uh, Also, uh, wanna remember Jack Doubt. I don't have an update from him unless someone's talked with him. He was supposed to go today to speak with the surgeon about the uh, surgery that he may need to have. Uh, So uh, just keep him in your prayers. Hopefully everything went well there. Uh, Do continue to remember Miss Donna Agcock and Ken uh, as they've got multiple things going on there, Uh, her with breast cancer, uh, him with some medical issues as well as his father, I think that's right, uh, that they're having to take care of. Also, and then Janet Carter had had some uh, more uh, things that had happened recently with her, uh, but I think she's doing fairly well. Spoke to her uh, yesterday, and hopefully, she's listening to us on phone live streaming that we got her connected back uh, on there. Uh, so, uh, hopefully, she's there. Uh, and then Miss Cindy Ingram, do we have an update on her? Cindy, Cindy at the beginning of the weekend there had not been able to communicate with anybody. She'd been in the hospital there, uh, had something that happened. We didn't know the details of that, uh, but uh, they had asked for emergency prayer for her. And so uh, she has been able to respond a little bit to them as far as we know. Does anybody else out here know? Okay, and if you need to give us any prayer requests or any updates there uh, online, be sure to go over to Facebook, just comment in the comments there. Uh, that's where we'll be following. Uh, to give any updates of any prayer requests that you may have uh, there. And then also just wanna remember the family of Lee McKelvey, uh, they had the visitation today. The funeral will be tomorrow, the service will be tomorrow at one o'clock at Tullahoma Funeral Home, so uh, if you can, be sure to, to attend that. Um, and then as you look over to the friends and family uh, side, um, we do wanna continue to remember John and Frida Anderson with their medical issues, uh, someone who may be aware uh, that they, right, they had been members here uh, before. and so uh, just continue to uplift them in prayer with all they've got going on. Uh, Don McKay is doing better, um, is supposed to go to rehab and not wanting to, uh, but Linda said she's uh, strong as he is. I think she was in fact going to pick him up uh, today to take him from the hospital back home uh, to start doing the therapy and stuff uh, when I spoke to her. Uh, and then also remember the family of Steve Maybe as he passed away. So we wanna uplift him and your family. The Motlow BCM is still uh, not able to meet in the building that they have because of the water damage and the construction that's going on there. So they're meeting here uh, for their Bible studies. And so uh, we just wanna praise the Lord that we can be able to offer our services here to them. So keep them in your prayers as they continue to go through the rest of, of this semester, uh, probably in that fashion. Uh, and hopefully they'll be able to get everything ready before the semester opens up uh, next fall. Um, That's the only ones that I have any updates on. Does anybody else have any updates or any prayer requests that we need to add? I'm looking online and I don't see any there on Facebook. All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer then for these and then we'll get right into our study in the book of Joel yes yes Yes. sorry thank you thank you for sharing that Um, let me pull that up where I have that uh, here so I can give the details Um, uh, yeah I've totally forgot that one thank you for reminding me of that Uh, brother Sidney Gibson who has been our interim here before he filled in several times for me in the first couple of years after I came here his wife Sandy passed away yesterday and so we want to remember Uh, him and his family in prayer Uh, the visitation is going to be saturday uh, from one to three at central funeral home over in manchester and then immediately following that at three o'clock will be the service uh, and then the burial uh, after that so just want to remember to keep Sidney gibson and his family uh, in your prayers uh, in the loss in the passing of his wife uh, yesterday i think that is it then after that so let's go to the lord in prayer Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you for your presence here with us tonight And Father, I pray that as we come to you in prayer uh, Lord, we want to uplift our prayers to you and we want you to hear we want you to answer in a powerful way But we know from your word Lord that there are some things that can hinder our prayer walk with you uh, And you hearing those prayers and answering uh, so father. I pray first and foremost that you would forgive us of all of our sins Uh, because we know that if we hold on to any sin in our hearts you will not hear from heaven so we come and confess it we lay it before you we ask you to cleanse us with the precious blood of jesus christ uh, to renew us to uh, reshape us into the image of jesus christ more and more and we pray god your blessings upon us as you forgive us of our sins lord set us on the path of righteousness and help us lord to be obedient to all that you've commanded us to do for lord we know that there's not only the sins that we've committed against you but the things that we did not do that you commanded us to do. And so we just pray, God, that if there's been maybe an opportunity that we let pass by, maybe we made some excuse why we couldn't share with a particular person uh, our faith in Christ, or, or maybe there was something else you wanted us to do in reaching out to a person to show the love of Jesus Christ to them, and for whatever reason, we made an excuse and didn't. Father, I pray that you would forgive us of our sin. Lord, maybe it's uh, that we just didn't spend that time with you today that we should have. Uh, Maybe we didn't read our Bible or or spend time in prayer with you. And so, Father, I just pray that uh, you will forgive us and cleanse us of all of our sin. Lord, that you will uh, guide us each and every day, help us to make those wise choices, good decisions that bring glory and honor to you, that bring good into our lives, and Lord, I pray that as we pray every day, may we confess those sins before you, uh, lest those things hinder our prayers with you, and so Father, we just pray that uh, tonight you would hear our prayers, we pray that our walk is with you, we are listening to you, Lord, I pray that even when we pray, we would not be praying according to our will, but praying according to your will, and Father, I pray that as we pray according to your will, you've told us in your word uh, that you will answer and you will uh, bring about those things that are a part of your will. So help us to be right there in the center of everything you would have us to be doing, uh, everything you would have us to be saying, everything you would have us to be giving. uh, Father, that we could be able to live our lives without regret, that when we come to the end of our life, we can know that we did everything that we needed to do. We said all that we needed to say. And so Father, I just pray that You will take this prayer list that we've mentioned several from it others are written there Uh, lord we've scanned at least with uh, with our hearts and our minds and our eyes this list and maybe there's others that are on our hearts we just uplift them to you god you are the almighty supreme god who can take care of any of the situations that these individuals are facing we've seen in your word the miracles over and over we've seen it in our lives and seen it in our times how you have brought about uh, your healing hand upon people and so we just ask right now lord that you will touch these individuals with your powerful mighty hand and lord we pray that you'll restore them lord we pray that you'll give them physical strength uh, Lord, we pray that you'll give them the health that they need, good health. Father, we pray that uh, you will help them as they're going through these difficulties to turn to you and to trust in you each step of the way, each and every day, that their lives will be a witness and testimony to the lost and dying world around them. And so we just pray your blessings upon them. Lord, wrap them in your loving arms and let them know that you are with them, especially, Lord, those that we've listed on our prayer list who have lost loved ones. We pray, God. That you will send the Holy Spirit, who is the great comforter, to comfort their hearts, to encourage them uh, in their moment of grief. And Father, we just pray that even in their grief, they will be able to find peace in your presence. And Father, we just pray that uh, you will be with them through the days ahead also and father just make yourself known to them show your power and your love to them in a special way and so father we pray with our youth uh, that are uh, are meeting tonight also who have gone to to watch a Christian film father we just pray that uh, you will use it to touch their hearts uh, and to stir their hearts Lord and we pray that you'll use it as a powerful witness in their lives uh, we pray for our children and their families uh, who are off this week with uh, spring break we pray for all those parents and all the teachers uh, father Father, during this time, may they uh, be refreshed, may they be revived as they get ready for uh, a new section of their school year as they move towards the end of the school year. Uh, Father, we just pray that your blessings will be upon each one of them and just be with us as we restart again uh, with Awana next week. So Father, we just pray for your blessings tonight. Uh, May you lead us through your word in the book of Joel as we come to the conclusion of this book. We pray, God, that this book will be powerful. It will lead us and show us and give us discernment and direction for where we are today and for the future ahead and father we just pray for uh, your blessings upon your word tonight lord may it be powerful and alive sharper than any two-edged sword to to bring about lord the conviction in our lives to bring about repentance in our hearts and father i pray that you will use it to renew our minds in the precious name of jesus we pray amen amen so Again, if you're at home, uh, hopefully uh, you got that um, there um, on, online on Facebook there uh, that you can uh, download it there uh, and be able to pray through uh, that prayer list throughout the coming days. So take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn to the book of Joel. If you're wondering where is the book of Joel, maybe this is the first time you've joined us in, on a Wednesday night service. Uh, the book of Joel if you would just find uh, Jeremiah uh, Isaiah any of those books and then find the book of Matthew and go about halfway uh, between the two you'll find Hosea or you'll find Amos and Joel is right in the middle of both of those and so we're in chapter 3 here in Joel and as you'll remember uh, there are 12 books here. There is something else I wanted to do before, and I wish I'd have done this before our prayer time. Uh, I had this in my video preview here uh, and did not do that. So let me just take a moment uh, to do this. We have been sharing on Sundays our missionary moments uh, with our, our videos from our North American missionaries. There is a longer one. Uh, that we wouldn't be able to probably share on a Sunday morning because of the length of it. But I thought it would be an appropriate time for us to listen to it, either on a Sunday night or Wednesday night. And so I thought I would share it with you uh, tonight. And so this is about one of our ministries that we support through the Annie Armstrong Easter offering uh, in New Orleans. So prayerfully listen uh, to this video.
2: New Orleans has a festival for everything you can imagine. It is a party city and anytime there's an event or something where large numbers of people come in there's going to be more trafficking victims brought in because there's more people to buy them. But human trafficking is the fastest growing criminal industry in the world. And it's basically when somebody is recruited, harbored, provided for sexual purposes, commercial sex purposes, or either unfair labor practicing using force, fraud, or coercion. And force we can easily see, we can see bruises, cuts, and scrapes. The fraud and the coercion is, is harder to see. The fraud is misled. Sometimes they're misled into thinking that somebody has a legitimate business they can come work for, and it's not. The coercion is, I can remember having one young lady that the coercion that was used on her was a threat because she had left her little girl with her mom, and the trafficker told her, if you ever want to see your little girl alive again, you'll do what I tell you to do. And those threats made, he trafficked her through five different states. You're at risk every day of your life when you walk around on the streets. You do not have a door to lock behind you so that you're safe at night when you try to lay down and go to sleep, and crime is rampant. If you do any type of compassion ministry, you're doing human trafficking ministry because people are vulnerable. And so when, let's say, a runaway ends up in New Orleans and they maybe end up on the street, our folks that we minister to each week will tell them, come to Friendship House. They'll help you there. Baptist Friendship House is a ministry center to folks that are impoverished, to folks that are unhoused, and to human trafficking survivors. If somebody is trafficked to Louisiana or New Orleans and they call the human trafficking hotline, uh, the hotline can conference call us in and I can make sure that person is safe and I get them to meet me in a busy place and I can go pick them up and I can assess their needs. Sometimes I need to take them to the hospital and we have a partnership with one of our our hospitals here. I can bring them back to Friendship House. They can stay with us at Friendship House. The local church, first of all, needs to pray and, and how God would have them respond to human trafficking. I would say make people aware in their congregation, preach sermons about that include human trafficking, what's going on, make people aware that it's happening in every one of our neighborhoods. It's not in another country and somewhere else. It's rampant throughout the whole United States. Once you make them aware, the next step, I would say, is to educate folks. There is a lot of trainings online. You can go to baptisfriendshiphouse.org. My other thing is to partner with folks that are around you. If there's a domestic violence shelter, if there is a homeless shelter, crisis pregnancy center, different ministries like that, partner with them to see what their needs are, because they often see human trafficking survivors, and they can help make what they do bigger and better, and then When you give to Annie Armstrong, you have to make my ministry possible. I could not do what I do here in New Orleans if you do not do what you do in your local church. We're able to provide basic needs for folks. We're able to provide food, shelter, clothing. We're able, through meeting those needs, building relationships, we're able to change lives through Jesus Christ. Human beings are sold over and over and over again, today, tomorrow, the next day. And that's actually what makes human trafficking the fastest growing criminal industry in the world because humans are sold over and over again. But you know what? If human trafficking is the fastest growing criminal industry in the world, it stands to reason with me, it's probably one of Satan's strongest strongholds. So who better to fight against human trafficking than Christians?
0: do be in prayer uh, for our missionaries especially those at Friendship House and from what I understand uh, our church here has gone to Friendship House before uh, on a mission trip and so uh, just praise the Lord for that but keep them in your prayers. That's an important video uh, even as we get in uh, to the sermon uh, tonight because this passage uh, that we're going to be looking at in Joel uh, chapter chapter 3 Uh, Has a lot to do. Let me just take one second to make sure I'm on the right Wi-Fi. Okay (laughs) So that I can get there quickly Um, It's entitled what a day, but you're gonna see some of that in this passage today in chapter 3, especially now We're gonna go back just a little bit and pick up at the end of chapter 2 and then go all the way through uh, to chapter 3 and verse 21 Uh, As I was beginning to say a moment ago, uh, as we look at this passage here in Joel chapter three, we're reminded that Joel is one of those 12 books in the Old Testament which fit that category of the minor prophets. Now that word minor, uh, we've said before, uh, doesn't refer to the fact that their message is minor uh, because their message certainly isn't a minor message. It refers for the most part to the length of the books. So if you look at Ezekiel, you look at Isaiah, you look at Jeremiah, they are larger books than Joel or Amos or Obadiah. Those are much smaller books. And so that's why we refer to them as minor prophets, only because that they're smaller in the length of their letters of their books here. And so we know that Joel is a prophet of God. We know that a prophet of God is a foreteller who spoke God's message to the people of his day so that was one of the primary messages of the uh primary purposes of the prophet was to be a foreteller to tell the people of his day god's truth about what uh, god was leading him to speak but not only was he a fourth teller he was also a foreteller because a foreteller is one who would tell about things that are going to happen out in the future not only for his day but speaking messages for the future days. And so in that sense, he is a foreteller of God's truth for days to come. In fact, in the Old Testament, you'll find many statements of the prophets of God that were fulfilled in the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Other statements are given that are going to be fulfilled when Jesus comes the second time. And one of the greatest evidences for the inspiration of the Bible is the matter of fulfilled prophecy. Because when you carefully study the prophecy of the Old Testament, which was fulfilled in the New Testament, especially in the person of Jesus Christ, it would convince any reasonable mind that the Bible is indeed accurate and that the Bible is the Word of God. So Joel was a prophet who not only spoke a message to his day, but he also spoke a message for the future days. Uh, He foretold events that were yet in the future. The phrase, the day of the Lord, is the phrase of Joel. That's where it began, Uh, and you'll see that throughout the scriptures, but that's where it originated, uh, is in Joel's book. Uh, is the key phrase, and you find that uh, especially in verse 31. Verse 31 says, So shall uh, the sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before that great and awesome day of the Lord comes. It, it occurs over in Joel chapter 3 in verse 14. Uh, there it says, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near." in the valley of decision. That phrase occurs five times in these brief three chapters. Uh, It's used by Joel in three basic ways. First of all, he uses that phrase, the day of the Lord, to refer to the coming of the locusts that we read about in chapter one, that locust plague that came and destroyed the land in his day. But then he widens the scope a little bit and uses that phrase, the day of the Lord, to refer to the invasion of the northern army, uh, which is mentioned over in Joel chapter 2 and, and verse 20 uh, when he speaks there. Uh, and so uh, he, he says there the day of the Lord. So he broadens the scope to include not only the locusts, but also the, the, the army that is coming from the north, something that is fixing to happen but isn't happening right now. The locusts are happening right now. And then he also even broadens the scope even more the third time he uses the phrase, the day of the Lord, to refer to the end times, to refer to the days of the end time events. So when he uses the phrase in that way, he's leaping over the Old Testament history, lands for a brief time on the day of Pentecost, and then goes all the way to the end times, to times which are yet... To be fulfilled, and there are three time designations given to us in this closing section. You'll see the first one in Joel 2:28, and it says, "And it shall come to pass afterward." And then in chapter three, verse one, "Behold, in those days, at that time." So that's a different time frame. And then Joel th- chapter three and verse eighteen, and in that day, some versions add, "It shall come to pass." And and those three time designations. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit of God is speaking here through the prophet of Joel and gives us the predictions of days to come in the future. So he's basically saying that out there in the future, there are events that are going to be fulfilled. And, and so there are some things I want you to see that he's going to talk about in the end of chapter 2 and all of chapter 3 about things that are yet to happen out in the future. the first is this, is that the Spirit will be poured out. The Spirit will be poured out. We find that in chapter 2 and verse 28 down through verse 33. I just want to read for you first verse 28 and verse 29. And it says here, And it shall come to pass that everyone... It says it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Uh, And then he says, uh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And then he says in verse 29, even on the male and female servants in those days, what? I will pour Out my spirit. So he's talking about something in the future. So here's a prediction that the spirit of God is going to be poured out. When you read the scriptures, you find out in the Old Testament, as we said, there are predictions uh, that there would be a mighty outpouring of God's Holy Spirit at some time. So Joel's not the only person who talks about this. Isaiah says in Isaiah uh, in chapter 44 and verse 3, He says, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. And Joel picks up on that prophecy of Isaiah. The Holy Spirit leads him to continue uh, that prophecy. And so it's a prediction that there's going to come a time when the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out. That's a familiar passage of scripture to us as believers because it's a passage that's quoted by Peter on the day of Pentecost. If you go over to Acts chapter 2, you'll see there where Simon Peter uses this passage of scripture from the book of Joel. Simon Peter's preaching that great sermon there on the day of Pentecost. Uh, He's getting ready to preach that Pentecostal sermon there. The Holy Spirit of God uh, has been poured out upon uh, those disciples uh, waiting in the upper room. Uh, the people there gather together and, and, uh, and they say what does this mean? Uh, what, what does all this mean? Where they, remember they spoke in, in so many other people's languages and, and how the Holy Spirit was on them. The cloven tongues of fire uh, were upon them and, and people gather together and they ask Peter what does all this mean? And so Simon Peter gives them an explanation of what it means in Acts chapter 2 and verse 16. He says, but this, what you've seen, what you've heard today here at the day of Pentecost was uttered through the prophet Joel. And then you go on to verse 17 and it says, and in the last days... It shall be, declares the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see uh, visions and your old men shall dream dreams. The same thing that we had just uh, read a moment ago. Uh, and he continues on in verse 18 and says, Even all my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor and, and smoke, and the sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the great day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day Verse 21 says in Acts chapter 2, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a verse that we so often remember when we're sharing the gospel with people from the book of Romans. But it goes all the way back to the book of Joel. Uh, We're going to see that in just a moment uh, when we get through here in Joel. So in in verses 16 down through verse 21 there, he gives that quotation from Joel chapter 2. So Peter is saying... That to some degree what's going on here on the day of Pentecost it was predicted by Joel a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit since the Pentecost since the day of Pentecost though God's Holy Spirit uh, indwells us as believers And, and so we don't pray for the Holy Spirit to come when you receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior the Bible says that God's Spirit dwells in you and so the spirit of god has been poured out so as you read this prophecy of joel you'll begin to discover that not everything joel predicted was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. for instance notice that he says in acts chapter 2 and verse 17 let's go back to that verse so in acts verse 2 chapter 2 verse 17 he's quoting what joel said And he says, and in the last days it shall be, declares the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. He's quoting Joel there. He says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. That didn't take place on the day of Pentecost. It happened on a select group of people, on a limited group of people that the Holy Spirit was poured out upon. Then when you read verses 19 uh, down through verse 21 there, notice again in verse 19 he says, I will show wonders in the heavens and above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, as you read that about the wonders in heavens, uh, the the signs on earth below, the blood, the fire, the vapor, smoke, the sun, to darkness, the moon to blood, that didn't happen on the day of Pentecost. And so none of that happened on that day. So here's what Simon is saying. Here's what Peter's saying. He's saying that what took place on the day of Pentecost was a partial fulfillment of the prediction of Joel. And you'll find that many times in the Bible, that sometimes an event is a partial fulfillment of what God predicted in the Old Testament. Uh, You can look at another passage over in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. This gives us another example of that. There, if you remember, the Lord Jesus uh, had gone to uh, the synagogue there in Nazareth. It was the Sabbath day. Uh, they had described uh, prescribed the readings for each Sabbath day, so they had a specific passage they would read each day. And the reading for that particular day came from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through verse 2. So Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus begins to read this passage from Isaiah 61, verse 1 and verse 2. So you could just take Isaiah 61, 1 and 2, and lay it right over uh, verse 18. And verse 19. So verse 18 says, The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives uh, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then notice what's at the end of the word favor. Period. There's a period. Period. Jesus, we find out in verse 20, what does he do? Verse 20 says, when he got to that period, he rolls up the scroll, gives it back to the attendant, he sits down, and the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Verse, uh, And so he begins to say that. So uh, there he had been reading Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. Uh, you know, I'd encourage you, when you go home tonight, uh, look at that passage. Look that up. Uh, and, and look at what Isaiah predicted. And you'll s- discover that Jesus read all the way through verse 19 to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. In the book of Isaiah, there's a comma, not a period. And then it says and the day of, vengeance, of the vengeance of our God. So Jesus didn't read that part of the passage. But the rest of the verse, so know that that part he says is fulfilled, was fulfilled this day in scripture, the part that he read. But the rest of that verse, that part he did not read, the day of the vengeance of our God, won't be fulfilled until a later day. So Jesus was saying, This is a partial fulfillment. One day there's going to come a final fulfillment. And that's exactly what we find in the book of Joel. When Joel predicts the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, even though not all the prophecy was fulfilled, Peter is saying, this Holy Spirit that came upon you today at Pentecost is the same Holy Spirit that Joel spoke of in his prophecy. So you have this initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but that final and total complete fulfillment uh, of this prophecy of Joel is awaiting for the day of the Lord, which is an end-time event, which we uh, are still awaiting for, that we've already referred to in the last couple of weeks as the Great Tribulation. In that Great Tribulation, we have evidence and indication from the Scriptures that just exactly what Joel predicted will be fulfilled. In fact, when you read what Jesus has to say, about the last days in Matthew chapter 24 and 25, especially uh, in Matthew and chapter 24 and and verse uh, 29. I'm not sure if I have this scripture on the screen. I don't think that I do, I don't. Uh, There there are going to be signs in the heavens, the sun and the moon are gonna be affected. I'd encourage you to read it, Matthew 24, 29. You read over in the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter six through chapter 19, And you'll see all the wonders and all the disturbances that are going to happen in space with the moon and the stars and all of those things that are associated with the great tribulation and the return of Jesus Christ to this earth. And he says, the spirit will be outpoured. Now, I do want you to take a moment and look, if you will, at Joel chapter 2, verse 32. Because in Joel 32, 32... You'll remember, it begins there and says, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Where do we see that in the New Testament? We see that in the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. Romans 10, 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so he was saying, beginning with the day of Pentecost... The Holy Spirit of God has been poured out. The Spirit of God is calling people unto himself. Uh, Look at the last part uh, of verse uh, 32. The last part of verse 32 in Joel chapter 2 says there, it says uh, in in verse 32, he says, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and Jerusalem there shall be those who escape, as the Lord has said, and among the survivors shall be those who whom the lord calls those whom the lord calls uh, understand this you can't be saved unless the lord calls you you can't call on the lord until first the lord calls on you so why do people ask uh, to why do we ask people to pray and call on the name of the lord because even if a person has a desire to be saved that means the lord has been calling them the fact that you're here uh, is 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 evidence uh, that he is calling uh, you. If there is any desire in your heart, any inkling in your heart to know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, God's Holy Spirit is calling unto you. And you can give evidence to that if you're a Christian here today. At some point in your life, you felt the calling of the Holy Spirit on your heart in your life that you then responded to and received the free gift of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so there's that balance there of God's calling, of God's sovereignty, and our human responsibility to receive there. And so I, I, if you ha- don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're watching uh, tonight online, I'd encourage you to trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So that first prediction is the Spirit poured out. In the next chapter, you have the second prediction, prediction that joel makes that leads all the way to the end time and that's that the judgment will be poured on the judgment will be poured on so the holy spirit will be poured out the judgment is going to be poured on and we see this in chapter 3 verse 1 down through verse 17 but i just want to begin with verse 1 down through verse 3 so it says for behold in those days and at that time when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem I will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat and it will enter I will enter into judgment with them there on behalf of my people and my heritage Israel because they have scattered them among the nations and have divided up my land and have cast lots for my people And read this phrase, and have traded a boy for a prostitute, and have sold a girl for wine, and have drunk it. You saw that video we saw a while ago uh, in New Orleans of the sex trafficking that goes on, not only there, but all around our nation. And what you see here of Joel saying, this is what it's going to be like in the last days. They're going to sell a boy for a prostitute. And a girl for a drink of wine. And that's essentially the things that we see happening even all around us. Going down to verse 9. Verse 9 says, uh, move down to verse 9. It says, Proclaim this among the nations. Consecrate for war. Stir up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am a warrior. Hasten and, and come, all you surrounding nations, and gather yourselves there. Bring down your warriors, uh, O oh Lord. Uh, let the nations stir themselves up and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit to judge all the surrounding Nations. Then he says in verse 13, he says, Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Go in, tread, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their evil is great. And then he says this phrase that is so familiar to us also, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. What in the world is all this talking about? It's talking about that there's gonna be a time when judgment is gonna be poured out. God is predicting a future time of judgments for the nations of this earth. And so when you read the book of Revelation, when you read the book of Zechariah, another one of those 12 minor prophets, you're gonna discover the Bible makes a prediction that there's going to be a final war. It's an end time war. It's a war to end all wars. We've studied about it in the book of Revelation. When's it going to come to pass? According to Joel chapter 3 and verse 1, it's going to come to pass. Notice what he said in in chapter 3 and verse 1. He said it's going to come to pass in those days at that time when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem. In other words, uh, when Israel is brought back into their land. It's an amazing thing. The history of the Jewish people is one of the most remarkable evidences of fulfilled prophecy in the history of the world. The nation of Israel was carried away into captivity, and they ceased to be a nation in terms of their organized structure. Even once they came back, they never were what they were before and so their, their language died. And in 1948, you know what happened in 1948. As the Jews began to return to their land, Israel was declared a nation again. When they returned to their nation again, God's prophetic clock began to click again for the nation of Israel. It's an indication to us that we're moving rapidly towards the end times. It's the end times. In the end times, there's going to be an unbelievable hatred towards the Jewish and there's been hatred throughout all the centuries towards the Jewish people. There's been attempts to annihilate the Jewish people all throughout their existence. One of the latest was the Holocaust that happened in Germany, where over six million Jews were, were killed. One of these days, though, there's going to be this final attempt to do away with the Jews. And, and the Bible predicts that the coming of a world leader that we studied about in the book of Revelation named the Antichrist is going to come. The Antichrist is going to gather the nations of the earth and march on Israel, the city of, in the city in particular of Jerusalem. When you look in the book of Zechariah, in Zechariah, uh, and I don't see that one either right there. Maybe I have it out of order there. But in Zechariah, uh, in the book of Zechariah, that's the book before Malachi. In Zechariah in chapter 14 and verse 1 through uh, verse 3 uh, the Bible predicts this and says behold a day is coming for the Lord when the spoil taken from you will be divided in your midst for I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle who's going to gather the nations God says he will and the city shall be taken and the houses plundered and the women raped, half of the city shall go into exile, but the rest of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as when he fights on a day a battle. In the book of Revelation, uh, there are several predictions made there uh, of this final battle as well. There are many passages we could read, but let me just read uh, one to you that comes from Revelation uh, chapter 16 uh, and verse uh, 13. Revelation 16 and verse 13, we're told, and I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon, which is the devil that we spoke of in Revelation, out of the mouth of the beast, which is the Antichrist, out of the mouth of the false prophet, that's the religious leader, three unclean spirits like frogs. And they assembled them at the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. And so we see there in those verses, uh, Actually, I think I left a verse out there. Uh, in verse 14, it said, For the, these are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of the Almighty. We know, though, as we just read there in verse 16, is the battle of Armageddon. Uh, so what Joel predicted hundreds and hundreds of years ago He gives us a graphic picture in Joel chapter 3 of all these nations being gathered together. Now, we're going to read all the verses there in chapter 3. But we know from the book of Revelation that the Antichrist has enticed them and seduced the nations of the world, has convinced them that if they'll unite against Israel, they can destroy the Jews once and for all. They think they are assembling themselves to do battle, but we just read that it's God who is actually assembling them for judgment. And so then we come to Joel chapter 3 and verse 2 again. It says, I will gather all the nations. So the Antichrist thinks he's (coughs) gathering all the nations, but God's the one who's doing it. He says in that verse that they're going to gather at the valley of Jehoshaphat. The word Jehoshaphat means Jehovah judges. It's going to be a time of judgment. God is going to judge the nations of the world for their mistreatment of his chosen people the Jews and then verse 3 says they have cast lots for my people They have traded a boy for a prostitute. They have sold a girl for wine and have drunk it. He's talking about all of the inhumanity of the nations of this world towards the Jews. So when you read it, you can't help but think about all the inhumanity that happens in our day, the cruelty to children in our society. And and, and many times that's where it all gets, uh, where they all get trapped is in this uh, issue here uh, that we've even mentioned tonight in our our mission moment there uh, of hearing about uh, the sex trafficking trafficking that goes on. It's a shame and a disgrace uh, to what is happening uh, in our nation itself. And so you go down to verse 9 and so they think they're preparing and he says, proclaim this among the nations, consecrate the war to get ready for war and then in verse 11, he says, Hasten and come, all you surrounding nations. Gather yourselves there. For, there. Bring down your warriors, uh, O Lord. And so they assemble themselves together. God is bringing them down into the valley of judgment. He's going to judge them concerning their treatment of the Jews. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Go in and tread, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their evil is great. Verse 14. Uh, goes, so he's talking there in verse 13 about ju- their judgment's going to be full and complete. Their sins uh, have come to a full intensity, if you will. It's a picture of ripe or overripe harvest. And verse 14 says, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. So what he's not saying there, he's not saying there that he's calling on people to make a decision for Christ. He's saying that multitudes are in the valley of judgment, the valley of the threshing floor, the valley of god treading out the harvest it's not going to be a time of salvation it's going to be a time of great judgment and it is coming one of these days and so he, he, he says uh, then that we'll see the sun and the moon uh, are darkened the stars withdrawing uh, their shining uh, in verse 15 uh, the lord roars from zion and utters his voice from jerusalem and the heavens and the earth quake but the Lord is a refuge to his people, a stronghold to the people of Israel. And so he's communicating to us there. That simply means that God is going to take over. God is going to step down. The Lord Jesus Christ is going to return. And there is good news. The final act of this world is not going to be played out. By the godless people of this world The final act is going to be played out By the Lord Jesus Christ himself So when Jesus comes He's going to put down the nations He's going to judge the nations of the world And Joel saw all of that Hundreds of years ago And Joel predicts Number one, the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out Number two, the judgment is going to be poured out And then finally In verse 18 The blessing. The blessing is going to be poured down from heaven. This is a beautiful, beautiful passage. Uh, let me just read uh, these verses to you uh, in verse 18. Uh, just, I'll just read verse 18 to begin with. Verse 18 says, And in that day the mountains shall drip sweet wine, and the hills shall flow with milk, and all the stream beds of Judah shall flow with water, and a fountain shall come forth from the house of the Lord and water the valley of Shittim. It's a beautiful passage here. It's poetic language. In other words, what he's saying is, oh, what a day this is going to be. He's moved all the way through the great tribulation. He's moved all the way through the day of the Lord. And now he's moved into prophetically what we call the kingdom age, the millennial kingdom reign of Jesus upon this earth. And the Bible says that one of these days, Jesus is going to return. And what does it say about where he's going to return to? The Mount of Olives. And so he's gonna step foot on the Mount of Olives. And when he steps foot on the Mount of Olives, what's gonna happen to the mountain? It's gonna split. You can read that in other places uh, in the Bible. And so when it splits, uh, look at the blessing there in verse 18. Uh, He's talking here about the millennial blessing, the blessings uh, of the future. Uh, and, And so he's saying, oh, what a day. We have a wonderful day in store for us out there in the future and so jesus is going to rule jesus is going to reign the earth is going to be abundant the earth is going to yield its fruit it's going to be a magnificent wonderful time and it says there's going to be rivers that'll flow from judah all the rivers that are in judah are going to be flowing now think about that that's a desert climate there they don't flow they trickle and then notice what else he says he says there in verse 18 and a fountain shall come forth from the house of the Lord and water the valley of Shechem there is no river in in Jerusalem you know think about this rome has the tiger had the tiger river babylon had the euphrates the, city of e- the cities of Egypt, they had the Nile, but Jerusalem had no river. It wasn't built around a river. And, but God predicts in the Bible that one of these days, there's going to come a fountain opened up at the house of the Lord, and there's going to be a flow of water, abundant, life-giving water flowing from the temple of the Lord. Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 8 says, on that day, living waters shall flow out from Jerusalem. Half of them to the eastern sea and half of them to the western sea. It shall continue in summer as in winter. Why half to the east and why half to the west? Because of the split. In fact, it, when you go back to Joel chapter 3, verse 18, where does he say that it's going to flow to? The valley of Shedom. Let me show you a map here uh, on your screen. You may not be able to see it. I don't know that I have a pointer on any of these that I have. Uh, but if you'll notice, you see the Dead Sea on our screen there. Uh, the Dead Sea is that body of water down in the bottom of your screen if you're watching online. And you look just up into the peach, kind of reddish color, uh, just above the, the green on the right there. And there's a little black dot there with a word out beside it that says Shittim. If you'll look directly uh, to the left of that, you'll see a yellow strip, Mispa Gibeon, and right below Gideon is Jerusalem. Jerusalem's where the Mount of Olives is. It's gonna split there. A river of water is gonna flow from the throne, uh, from the temple there, and, and it's gonna flow from that yellow dot in Jerusalem there all the way over here to Shittim, to the valley of Shittim, where Shittim is. Where is that? It's across the river Jordan. On the other side. What a miraculous thing that you see there. It's east of the Jordan River. So the question comes how can water flow from Jerusalem to the Jordan River? We said that because the Mount of Olives is going to be split open. It's going to be split from east to west, and the waters are going to flow. It's a beautiful picture of abundance, it's a beautiful picture of cleansing. God's people, the Jews, are going to experience a cleansing. And in Zechariah chapter 13 and verse 1, he says, On that day there shall be a fountain opened for the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and uncleanness. What a wonderful prediction this made in the Bible about the nation of Israel here. God's message for the Jews in this day is the same as it is for anyone even Today, It's everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But something very wonderful is going to happen to the Jewish people when Jesus returns to this earth. In Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 9, it says, On that day I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And what does he say? And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit uh, of grace and please for mercy so that when they look on me on whom they pierced they shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and weep bitterly over him as one weeps over a firstborn you see what that's saying that's saying that when Jesus returns to this earth his own people the Jews are going to look to him and they're going to realize the one they pierced They're going to recognize who he is, that he is the Messiah, indeed the Lord Jesus Christ who was crucified on Calvary's cross. And so the Bible says they'll mourn for him. There will be a great turning uh, on the part of our Jewish friends to the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does God have to say to us from the book of Joel? Well, look at that last verse of the book of Joel in Joel chapter 3, verse 21. And it says there, I will avenge their blood. I have not avenged for the Lord, I, I will avenge their blood, blood I have not avenged, for the Lord dwells in Zion. Now that word avenge in the, e, in the ESV, the English Standard Version, could also be the word equipped. In fact, you'll see it better yet in other places. It says, I will cleanse, in other translations, I will cleanse their blood and that I have not cleansed, for the Lord dwells in Zion. He's saying that one of these days, God is going to move into Zion for good. What is it that, that we're to do today? We're to be proclaiming that message that Joel gave us in Joel chapter 2 and verse 32. That message that says, he who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Lord calls and then you call. In the book of Proverbs, it warns about the Lord calling and you not responding. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 24 says, because I have called you and you refused to listen. I've stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Then... Uh, Proverbs 128 says, "Then I will call; they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me." The question we need to ask is, "Has there, there ever been that time in our hearts and our lives when the Lord called, and we refused to listen?" You know, We may be here tonight, I don't pretend to know anybody's heart. I don't pretend to know anybody's heart online. Maybe you're watching online and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've refused to believe and refused. uh, You've put off that calling in your heart. You've thought maybe even, I've got plenty of time. I'll do it some other time. But know this, there's coming a day when it's going to be too late. And for us who are already believers, understand this twofold. One, we're to be telling others that they are to call upon the name of the Lord before it's too late for us to be able to tell them. Because there's coming a day for us when it'll be too late for us to share any more of the gospel with those around us. But also know this, the Lord is speaking to your heart even, wanting you to follow him, wanting you to obey him in whatever his will is. Are you listening still? Maybe you listened to receive salvation, but are you still listening in service to him? Some may say, well, I'll just wait another week. If I still feel like I feel tonight, I'll do it another time. But you don't know if you'll make it till the next time. I don't know everything there is to know about the unpardonable sin, but I do believe that it's possible for people to say no, 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 so much that the time comes that they don't hear the call anymore. Will you do it today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Thank you so much for what we have seen here in the book of Joel. What a powerful message to those who are not believers, but also a stirring message to those of us who are. Lord, to know that all of these prophecies we've read about in the book of Joel, some have been partially fulfilled, but much is still yet out there in the future to come to pass. And before that comes to pass, Lord, help us to be declaring the message of Joel, that he who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, I pray that we'll care enough and love our neighbors enough to share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. But Lord, if there are those who are watching who've never trusted by faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, Lord, may they not put it off one second longer knowing, Lord, that we don't have the promise that we'll make it till the next time. Father, I pray they'll call out to you and say, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner, and I need to be saved. I believe Jesus died on that cross for my sins, that he was buried in the tomb and arose from the grave on the third day. Jesus, come into my heart and save me and help me to live for you all the days of my life. Lord, I pray if someone's prayed something like that in their hearts, may they come tonight and just talk with me here in person. If they're online, may they just comment there so we can follow up with them about their decision. But Lord, I pray that many of us who are already believers will continue to hear the voice, that we'll continue to hear your spirit speaking to our hearts. And we won't say no when you put press upon our hearts your will for us to do, but that we will step forward and say Yes, I would go, and yes, we do indeed do what we said we would do. So, Father, have your way and your will in our hearts and our lives. Bless us and keep us safe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining with us uh, there uh, online. Uh, We'll be back Sunday morning. Hopefully all our website issues uh, will be fixed uh, then, and uh, we can... Uh, have you there uh, with us and on all those we have you on those platforms but you'll be able to download uh, the things that you need to download there uh, we'll be Sunday morning at 9:15 for Sunday school 10:30 for worship uh, we'll be online if you need to join us there but come and join us in person uh, if you can it's a wonderful time of uh, fellowship and worshiping uh, the Lord on Sunday so you have a blessed week you stay safe and we'll see you this coming Sunday